everyone so I'm Joyce I'm very honored to be part of this uh, I think what Yan Chong is doing is great uh, I love to share more uh, a bit about my journey so I think um, you know for uh, my company which is called between uh, I think BTWN uh, ultimately uh, it started off because I saw a, a great need uh, amongst uh, especially a lot of startups and SMEs that you know they don't have huge budgets um, and you know oftentimes the only option right now is like to look at the huge um, you know very big established social media agency or like PR agency so there seems to be I think a gap uh, and for myself also I think because I was previously uh, in some corporate and in a startup as well I realized that a lot of times for startups the needs are very different you know you don't have the budgets to outsource you know a lot of times you need to just go on the ground and you have to work with very very limited resources so I think to me that was I find that to be really unique you know, to be very effective and very intentional with what you do because of your limited time and your resources. So yeah, personally, I love that a lot because I find that um, marketing in that way, you really see the impact of what you do. Your marketing has to convert. Um, you must get sales at the end of the day. You must generate revenue for your company. So I like that a lot because you see the impact of what you do. And also I like to work uh, with founders because I find that when I hear the vision and I hear the reason why they're doing their business, it adds a lot of um, meaning to why we even do marketing. So I think for marketing in the first place, you definitely need to be proud of your own product or your solution. If you're not and you don't even, are not even convinced yourself, I don't think you should even be doing marketing. You shouldn't even be finding someone to do your social media if you yourself are not convinced of why, where your niche is and like if there's a product market fit. So I think very importantly, a lot of founders, they know that they, there is a need, but they cannot pinpoint exactly what is their unique selling point and they cannot even pinpoint why they started their business, which I feel is a major starting point before you even go into like social media. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it started. Sorry for the intense combo. Yeah. The first question I always ask my clients, I try. 
why is social media so important to your business? Mm. How you can start using it for your own business? Uh, mm. But we have like a little chatter just now before. Yes, we did. Uh, maybe you can share with me like what's the additional thing that you mm. Okay, sure. Okay. Okay. Okay, great. Um, yeah, so I mentioned just now like why social media is important, but before that, it's also important to know the why. So I think um, why I would say that is social media represents, um, you want to make your offline persona like for example, if I meet someone in person, right? There's a still a value in that. Like we, when it's someone important, we want to meet in person so that we convey, um, you know, our personality. We convey like our vision clearly to that person. So social media is just amplifying who you are as a person offline. So for example, if your business already doesn't have much of a personality, it doesn't have much of a, a why and a vision. If you try to have a social media for it, that it's just gonna amplify nothing. Yeah. So it's just gonna be a echo chamber so you don't want to have that situation you I would only truly recommend social media for someone that has a very I mean you have so much good things going on on the ground yeah you have a great message and you want to bring that personality online to make it more scalable and replicate yourself basically to lots of people online yeah so I would say it doesn't have to be a perfect product but as long as it's just one thing that you're really passionate about and you're very good at I think that is good enough uh, to get the ball rolling so it's not about perfection it's just about having a very clear vision yeah and a clear uh, target audience that you want That's yeah because, uh, yeah Definitely. Oh, okay, sure. So, um, a lot of times, I think, uh, I mean, for bigger companies, it's more obvious, but the even for startups and SMEs, I think the founders have their own personality and their own objectives, and then the whole company as well. So, I think a lot of times at the start, it's like the same, because you, you are like a one-man show, or maybe like just a small team. So, I think it's really important when we talk to the founders, and you should separate that. Like, maybe for a founder, they have you know, just say they want to sell off the company or they want to be like super hype. Yeah, you know, like get all the, but then you talk to the marketing head and they're like, oh no, I just want like, you know, like X number of leads this month and I'm very focused on my sales target. But then the, the founder's like, no, 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 I want like just brand awareness, hype. I want like lots of like influencers. So you find that there's a difference there. So it's really important to get them both integrated and aligned. Like, okay, what's best for this next, maybe next three months or six months yeah, so at least they have to be aligned on that so that before you even do social media marketing, you need to have clear objectives and KPIs and make sure that the founder, the decision maker and the one that is maybe the one you're, you know, the, the marketing head has, yeah, you know, collaborated on that. Yeah, so that's what I would say. Okay, so uh, mm. for, okay, maybe we talk about smaller scale. Ah, smaller so scale. Right? Yes, is, uh, SME is. Uh, SME is. Mm. Okay, for to differentiate that. Okay, uh, yes, for SMEs, uh, not maybe it's not so impo- uh, clear because it's one founder and usually his vision is the company's vision. So, um, but I think it's still important for them to be very clear. Like, uh, all of them are just okay. I don't know. I just want to have more followers. I think it's very easy to say that I want more followers. But if you dig further down deeper, it's actually like maybe it comes from oh, I want to actually get uh, investors to notice. I'm just saying as an example. So it really depends on your angle. Like for example, if your angle is really to eventually like sell your company or maybe your angle is to just go beyond Singapore or maybe it's just Singapore. So I think it's important also to know where your positioning is uh, from the start. And that depends a lot of times, of course, on the founder's own vision. Yeah. 
So I think, of course, if you're in transition, then um, you'll be at a position where you want, you know, someone else to also advise. So I think it's, yeah, it really depends on each startup and what is their next season ahead. Yeah, what's their next step. Mm. Yes. Yes. Okay, that's a great question. Okay, so um, sorry, just to back up a bit, I think I know your previous question was asking a bit on like the tone of voice. So uh, yeah, of course, before that you have um, recognized like, okay, uh, are you a company that wants to be positioned as very premium or are you someone that wants to be very accessible, very relatable? Yeah, so I think that's important. Uh, from there, then the next part is content pillars. Uh, so content pillars are, you know, you don't want to have a social media account where you struggle to like, oh, tomorrow what should I post? And then like, you realize, oh, um, like a random uh, influencer tag me, I think we should post them. So, you know, you become very reactionary. You're just reacting to situations that are happening. Or maybe like you have, a, you have a new product or you have something that's, yeah, it's very ad hoc. And because of that, right, customers are going to lose focus and they're going to actually, you know, be, yeah, like everything is inconsistent. Yeah, or, you know, for example, you're rolling out a new product line, you know, and it's very tempting to just be, okay, the next 10 posts, let's just like put up all the benefits of this new product line, you know, and then you're just spamming everybody with like products. So I think, um, you know, how do you come up, I say, with a method that's um, logical and that you can follow through and that even if you do have hire someone, that person can continue that process without constantly coming back to you and saying, oh, what should we post tomorrow? You know, and constantly coming back to you for approval. So this is where content pillars come in. Okay, so you think of it as um, if you are like just a, a regular person, you know, you have a schedule, right? You have days that you're like, okay, today is like um, my exercise was on Monday. Okay, then, you know, there's different pillars in your life. For example, you are a dad, you are, uh, you know, you're a husband, you are a businessman, you are a, um, a, yeah, there are many facets of who makes you a person. So same for business, there are many facets of what makes up a business. So you have like your sales, obviously your products, uh, or your solutions then you have like your community which are like your customers um, you know you are people uh, it could be new ones or existing like maybe even ambassadors that will be like of course a, a closer community then of course you have your staff you know so your own employees and you know are actually a great source of content but a lot of businesses overlook that yeah so that's like your staff and then you know you have other aspects as well like for example maybe like a world trends, how does your company, um, you know, uh, ride along with what's happening in the world. So I would say these are like different facets of makes a business, which uh, it's important to have all of them like written out clearly so that you don't miss out on any one aspect. It's just like if you only focus on being like, uh, you know, a good businessman, then you forget about your role as a father, for example, and then you neglect that part and it's actually the very thing that could make your customers find that you are interesting. Yeah, so that is um, explaining briefly what is content pillars. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, um, I agree. Yeah, the process can seem very daunting. Like, oh man, like how do I come up with content for the next 30 days? So um, traditionally, I would recommend though, like at least um, maybe minimum two weeks. Yeah, if possible, one month. It doesn't mean that every detail has to be uh, ironed out. Like, oh, what I'm going to write in a caption everything. It's just more like the overall schedule. It's just like when you plan like, okay, every Monday is, is this, every Tuesday is this, every Wednesday. So say you have five content pillars, you should already start maybe um, lining up for the rest of the month. 
you know, like which day um, rotation for these five, you should also rank in priority. So for example, if your priority for it, this is where we link uh, the objective with your content pillars. So how do you even pick your five content pillars depends on your objectives. Yeah. So for example, if your objective right is to engage your existing community, it's very different from that and from getting new leads. Yeah. So, Get what I mean? Uh, yeah. Because you have five pillars, mm. assuming one big is like three, then yes. is it three different topics? But then uh, is it mm. all aligned towards one purpose? I see. Okay. So right, I would say that you have objectives and each content pillar meets several objectives most of the time yeah so it's a little bit tricky okay just as an example you have many content pillars right like like just talk about human okay let's just talk about a brand um so for example you are a cafe right okay just say you're a cafe so for example you want to feature your customers so you want to feature like a mom who comes to your cafe uh, a, a student and then you know different kind of customers and some of the things that they like about it so this objective uh, this pillar sorry of Featuring uh, customers can have one objective is to engage your existing community because like, wow, you know, um, I, I always come to the cafe, but I realize now that, you know, it's not just I can invite my mom, you know, I should, you know, that it's not just a place for students. Maybe as a, you feel, oh, maybe one day I'll be featured, you know, I should come by to the cafe. It's such a vibrant community. So that's one. But on the other hand, an existing community could also be for brand awareness. So for example, like you feel that, oh, my brand is always positioned as a very transactional brand. I want to have a human touch to it. So if you see that that objective is a little bit, yeah, it's slightly different, but it's also met through the same content pillar of featuring your customers and their testimonials. Yeah, so. one month would be a good time frame so I mean of course it depends um, maybe at least you need to have three or four posts of that content pillar to gauge the response so uh, I mean just a simple one so say one of my clients they had um, posted yeah so over a month we realized that every Friday for example was called Founder Fridays where they showed the story of uh, you know the founder story why they decided to do this what keeps them going and so on and we realized that 
yeah, that every time uh, we posted their face, especially uh, in the store doing things, yeah, that it was the highest, you know, um, in terms of the reach and also the engagement. So when I, uh, these terms seem very complicated, but actually if you just have a normal um, Instagram for business or a Facebook page, business page, you can easily get these insights. Yeah, it's readily available when you just click on the, you know, the insights and analytics, you'll be able to see quite clearly. So I would recommend like maybe at least a month and at least of each pillar, maybe you have three or four posts to make sure that it's not just like a one-off thing, but it's like consistently this pillar has been getting uh, the most, yeah, in terms of both engagement and, and reach as well. Mm. And, yeah. Uh, Okay. Ah, yes. So I think, of course, very important for each business uh, to define like, yeah, what's, uh, what's considered a lead. Yeah, and what's considered, um, I mean, firstly, what's your own personal KPI. So for example, uh, say for some companies, uh, it's really more about, um, you know, they need to convert to sales. So for example, you, your lead qualification is that, oh, this person has like uh, filled up a contact form and left their details yeah, so that could be one form of lead. Another company, you could define your leads as, oh no, they must like go through this process and they must come down into the store and purchase something and that's considered a lead, uh, a successful um, need. So I think each has to define what's a lead to them. Um, and then, um, of course, if you're talking about before you know, they, they come to a point of leaving their details or everything, there could be a secondary one, which is some just want to measure uh, engagement and some want to measure reach. So engagement will be more of like, you know, how many like, they call they collate like all the likes, the comments, the shares. So any actions that people take, which means that this post is very compelling. It means that people are engaging, people are, um, they're not just like, oh, just another post. Yeah, but reach is basically like, you want that more for like, that just say it's a promotion. It's not about loyalty. It's just about we want as many eyeballs as possible. So, yeah. So, you have to decide for yourself which is most important to you at this current time. Yeah. What's your priority? Yeah. So, I will, it's quite, in a sense, specialized to what you specifically need to achieve. Yeah. Mm, yes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, okay, I see. Uh traditionally I would say Instagram and Facebook are quite somewhat similar in terms of the target audience. Um, of course, Facebook has a slightly older crowd. And then for Instagram, you have the additional uh, Insta stories, which, okay, now it's also integrated into Facebook stories. But um, I think I would generally, if you're also short on uh, resources and manpower, just allocate whatever you post on Instagram. Uh, you can immediately just auto-share on Facebook. Uh, of course, for Facebook, I will have to, you have to format it to make sure that because, you know, say Instagram, the dimensions is different. Facebook, you can do multiple pictures, whereas Instagram is a swipe. Yeah, so all these things you also need to um, reformat. But I will actually, to save time and effort, use the same content for both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, generally, with just some tweaks to it. Um, yeah, I think um, Instagram is very good for their Insta story function where you can do polls. You can do a lot of like campaigns where they just reshare because people, I think, are generally less cautious about using their Insta, Insta story because it just, it just disappears after 24 hours. You don't have to curate it. You don't have to make it very nice. So if you do any campaigns on sharing, uh, Insta story is great. You know, uh, people are very willing to do that. Um, I would say Facebook, it's... Um, on the other hand, the plus side of Facebook is that people are very willing to share posts because... You know, like, unlike Instagram where you have, to have a perfect feed of all your perfectly curated squares, right? Facebook is more like, it's just continuous. So even if I shared a random deal on my page, it's fine. Yeah, so also the mentality behind that, um, I, we noticed that people are willing to share random promotions and deals as a Facebook post, but they're not willing to share it as an Instagram post. But they're willing to do it as an Instagram story. So, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, we have to understand the psychology of also... Yeah, people and whether how curated their feeds are. 
yeah so there's just something interesting yeah Okay. Uh, actually, I personally will not recommend using ads immediately, especially if you do not have a consistent, uh, as I said, like consistent content strategy and a consistent personality online already. Okay. Reason being, it's like I would say ads are great to amplify. Um, in fact, I wouldn't even recommend doing an ad unless you have a very clear call to action where there's a very low barrier to entry. So, for example, it's just a normal promotion saying like. Like okay, you know, like yeah, two dollars off or something like that. It's fine, but um, it reaches a lot of people. But I feel that there's no call to action. It's like okay, cool, two dollars off. I'll go down to the store and get it. But I would say that if you want to do such things, you should really have a very clear mechanism on how you're gonna convert them to say like your existing page, share it. And if your page is like blank and or there's nothing, nothing consistent on your page, you're gonna direct so many people there, and then they're gonna see something that's half baked. And you know, and also a lot of times for Facebook, they will target people like, like similar to your followers. So a lot of times you can click the option to like target people who are similar to the profile of your existing followers. And if your existing followers are just like randoms, you know, because you haven't been building up a consistent branding, then they're gonna target a lot of randoms. Or if the people that are following your page are only there for freebies, then you're gonna target similar kinds of people that are not actually following you because they like your product and they're loyal to your brand. So I would say it's always better to build up consistency and also the clear um, personality using your content strategy online first, at least for like maybe one or two months minimum, and then start doing like one-off ads, which are more to like amplify your who you really are already, and then you direct people into who you are. Yeah, rather than like you have no personality and then you like keep shouting about things, and then when they come there, they like oh, it's just like. Nothing impressive, yeah. So you want to be ready before you uh launch something like that. That's I personally feel that, yeah. Okay. Because uh, from from what I know, like if you yeah. Because okay, when you say mm. one off ads, right? Uh, do you mean like uh is there gonna be a call to action for this kind of ad or okay. some random thing that you feel like is worthy because it's a lot of views and you just mm. decided to throw it as an ad? Okay, again back to oh sorry again back to what's your objective. So of course, if it's like a campaign, like for example, yeah, it says a video campaign, um, and there's not really a clear call to action. It's more like you want to tell a story of someone, you know, and then you just want them to oh wow, I want to know what happens next in the story, so they watch the next video content. So it's about a series of, uh, video contents. Then um, that is slightly different because I would say it's a lot on more of like yeah the the branding and it's a bit more of like, uh, building up. Putting your name out there of who you are, uh, of course there will be a call to action that is like wait further down after they come to your profile. Then maybe they realize, oh, actually you also sell this product and so on. That's one way. Um, but I would say that one is not so clear in terms of the ROI. But of course a very very clear one I would say are things that a lot of especially like if they are retail or FMB that they will do, is yeah the kinds that have um very no brainer kind of deals. Like for example, yeah like. If you like and you share and you follow the page, uh, as long as you share it, you show your screen when you walk into the shop, and you definitely will get like five dollars off, or you will definitely get one for one. You will definitely get it. So this is a very clear call to action, and it's a very low barrier to entry. So um, I would say then that bridges the offline and online uh, part of your business. Yeah. So if that makes sense, is like there's something I wouldn't boost like a random post about. Hey, we just launched a new product. Okay, boost it, but who cares? Like I look at the product, I'm like, okay, cool, good for you, but 
is that going to make me walk down to your shop? No. Is that going to make me buy it? No, it's not going to make me buy it as well. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, okay, service. So, okay, like, just say even videos for wedding videos, right? I would rather, instead of just boosting one of your posts, which is like an existing uh, throwback of a, a, a recent wedding that I did, I would just, <laughs> I, just I would rather boost something that is like, okay, we can show a video of a recent thing you did and then at the end or, or, or quite early on, you hook them in saying that, you know, if you comment below under this video and say how much you love your partner or something, then you will already get like 20% off or something like that. So there's a very clear call to action rather than, oh, cool video, nice. Okay, I will put you on a shelf until like maybe six months later when, you know, but instead of this time, you're, you're forced to like, leave your details or something like that even if you don't need the service right now but you have left your details or you have like done some action then you definitely gain more than this person just viewing it and that's going on with their lives yeah so I think very important to have a clear call to action if you're doing if you're really going to spend money on an ad make sure that you do get something out of it yeah yeah yeah, even if it's very small, like, um, yeah, like, hey, uh, like, yeah, like, take two friends that you think should benefit from this, or like, it's just something like that. But I feel that if there should be a correlation uh, with each, yeah. I mean, I would say, for example, like, definitely if you're hiring someone, job at, yes, promote it. Because it's very clear, it's a clear benefit. I want people to apply. So anything to do with applications, um, anything to do with signups, applications, yes, you can do at. I think those are good. It's very clear. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, of course, like, not all ads have to appear as posts, if you realize that, actually. Yeah, so there's a way to run an ad, actually, on Facebook and Instagram that it doesn't appear in your news feed, uh, in your actual feed. So it won't seem that, like, you're just spamming everyone. So it just appears rather, like, yeah, when you, you browse, then it appears, but it's not on your actual feed. Yeah, so I think that's fine. I mean, I think um, those are more invisible, um, but it really, again, depends from case to case. Yeah, I would say for myself, maybe at the most, like, two a month, but honestly, I would tend to not, yeah, overload people with them, unless it's a very special occasion, like, opening promo okay this festive season um, there's a reason for it uh, then I would yeah push it out otherwise they may get fatigued with it yeah mm. okay I think if it's something that's really as I say again a no brainer which means that people don't need to think and they see that definitely because again ads I would say is to reach people that are not your typical existing customer base which means that these people do not have brand loyalty yet. You're just cooking them in purely based on like that short thing that they're looking at and they just feel like, okay, I don't really know your brand, but I'm going to try it out because your thing looks attractive. So these are people that you, you that like so-called like unqualified, like in a sense you don't really know. So I would say that only when you have certain things that you want to start expanding, like you have yeah, you want to bring a sudden influx, whether it's, I would say, I would write on like festivals, I would write on like, um, maybe a new launch or something, or uh, yeah, something not your typical day-to-day -day kind of like content. Uh. Yeah, once a month. Mm. Mm, not necessarily. So again, depends what's your content, your pillars, but say one of your pillars is on the, um, yeah, the, product itself or the service itself and for that month you're attaching a special discount to it or you're attaching a value add like say okay instead of our usual package we're doing this and we're giving you x number of things free like a new extra thing inside we're giving you this extra then yes it could be part of the content pillar but it's with an add-on but I would say that your day-to-day -day content pillars the normal ones like you're featuring your customers you're featuring what yeah, I wouldn't usually throw an ad randomly unless there's a special call to action at the end, a special add-on. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
to plan and mm. kind of figure out what, what, what you want your viewers to understand who they are even what, what they are providing uh, through all the non non cheesy non cheesy I guess this is now becoming big you can blend in better if you don't shop sales definitely in fact like for example, just sharing, uh, I would feature a lot of faces. I would feature a lot of lifestyle. So, so for example, if you could take a, the product uh, or your service in your shop, you know, I would actually prefer for things to be shot outside, which means like in how it's being ap- applied and integrated in your daily lifestyle. Yeah, personally, I, say, I would say that is a lot more genuine, a lot more authentic than if I see your products are all well, nicely in the same, like, very like showroom studio kind of thing I think that it looks very clear that it's just like a catalogue rather than like someone how they integrate it in daily life yeah that's just more a tip more on the aesthetic side yeah and it definitely you don't have to at the end say come to our store and buy or like get yours today but the way that you do at the end could be more of like oh hey um, you know create your moment like, you know something more subtle and that goes with if you have an image of someone uh, a face you have an image of a story of someone and then at the end uh, it's a bit more subtle yeah then it matches the image yeah if you know what I mean yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yes Okay, uh, again, by marketing, you mean really to just to generate leads. Uh? I mean, that would be the main spread your reach. Okay, understand. So I think, again, depends existingly. Do you even have any branding? Or, I mean, I assume that most businesses have some kind of branding. I mean, even if it's just like a very simple logo or very simple colors, you at least have like one color scheme. Um... I would say a lot of companies just assume like just because of a logo I've done my branding oh, yes. right I think that's the common thing like oh I got one logo I got one website okay I've done branding which I think that is not really branding because it's like the same as saying like oh I have I don't know like I wear t-shirt so therefore I have a personality it, it doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean you have a personality just because you wear something so it's more of like drawing out so I would say that every band has a personality which hasn't been drawn out um, yeah so sometimes because of the needs of the company you have to do it concurrently not every company can like okay let's dedicate like one month to do our branding uh, understand that your business has to continue and you have to keep generating revenue so I would say that if you're doing a rebrand like say you already exist I mean you've been going on for some time yeah keep don't switch off like your marketing you can still keep it going like while you do a rebranding yeah so obviously there is some time to switch over so it shouldn't be so abrupt like you all your old kind of content and then suddenly it has a whole new look but I would say you should leverage on um, maybe an occasion so say while you're doing your normal ongoing marketing you start you're doing a rebrand so say you have new brand colors you have new personality your tone of voice has changed um, you have new content pillars then I would say write on something that has maybe a occasion like oh, we opened a new store and with that, we want to like, whatever, or 2020, you know, like whatever, or like mid-year or something. Just use something as, or like Chinese New Year. Okay, you know, we want to like um, revamp. So maybe to signify that change in things, you may even want to do like, yeah, like a series of posts, like countdown or like something that breaks away from your old old style. But... Yeah, you just gradually ease them into it. Yeah, and then you make use of something to, as a ex- so-called excuse. I mean, you don't actually need to have an excuse to rebrand, but it's all about serving the customers better. So you must always make it clear that, hey, we want to bring you more value. We want to like bring more smiles to your face. And so we decided to have more colors. Then you have like slowly then, or we decided to like introduce you a new personality, which is maybe like the staff member like hey guys um, all along we've been providing you really good services now we want to show you who are the people behind it then you start to like have a series which you showcase the faces of your staff example mm, yeah see so yeah yeah okay yeah 
Oh, okay. Oh, that's great. That's true. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. About two years plus, yeah, two years plus, two and a half years. Mm. Mm. Okay. So, of course, um, yeah, each business depends on your industry. So, but because mine is more in a creative, like a creative agency kind of thing, um, I think. Uh, but I would say the same issue will apply in terms of uh, again, um. People, I think people are the the biggest asset you can have invest in, and also the uh if it's mismanaged, it could be also your greatest like pain point. So I would say that um, failure, but I would yeah, it has to do more with expectations management. So like for example, if the scope is not clear, so I think I did have a a, a previous client that I didn't define the scope very clearly. So um both sides like assume that okay you know this and that and then of course as an agency you are like kind of like stuck in the middle because then you maybe have like people that you hire you know for certain aspects of this project. So I think that comes a point when you don't know is the client asking for too much or am I you know should I like put that demand on people that's in my team or should I say draw the line tell the client no we cannot do it because I don't think we can handle it and protect so called protect the welfare of your team but on the other hand yeah I would say that it's a tricky process because you want to grow your team and you want to expand their capacity you cannot just always be on the safe side like no no we cannot handle it you know then you will never grow so I think I would say um, I'll say a failure because I don't really believe that you can really fail it's always you learn yeah. So, but if I were to say, I think that was the definitely the transition, the, the the hardest part to get over, which was finding out, yeah, like both sides really taking time to understand them, you know, both your team and also the scope of your client. So I would say back to expectation management. Yeah. So I think that was quite bad because basically I had to like, um, you know, really, yeah, do a bit of like even like counseling, like find out okay, is my team member okay? Why are they not motivated? Why are they not doing it? You know, and then again for the clients that I had promised something that um too much for this amount of money that they're paying, but because I had done it, I pretty promised it, I had to deliver it. So, of course, at the start, you definitely will have a situation where, yes, you lose resources and you end up having to spend energy that you didn't want to. Yeah, so I think I, that was, I would say, one of the failures that uh, I didn't realize the amount of effort needed for something and I just overpromised. So I would say, yeah, learning from that, I am a lot clearer now about having very clear processes, very clear scope, and over communicating every step of the way. So even if they are like my clients, they don't say anything, I would always throw the ball back to their court, constantly bombard them even with clarifications on what they really want. Yeah, so that we don't ever come to that situation where it's very messy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I can really Yeah, uh, information is something that uh, is always kind of like put you on your mind, like uh, 
Passionate. Um, hmm. I think definitely will be talking to the initial part, talking to the founder. Yeah, finding out their vision, finding out you know what uh, I really love when I see gaps or I see like a lot of potential that is not being tapped upon. So I really, really get very excited when I see that this business has a great message that's not going out there. So I love. I think this goes both ways in terms of seeing untapped potential, whether it's for the client or even for my team. Maybe I see that there's a raw, like a raw gem, like one of my hires or an intern is like, has um, like a bit of skill, but a very good attitude. And I feel like I want that person to really try and expand themselves. So I think to me, the most like fulfilling part is to help either the client or my team to realize potential that they didn't even know existed. Uh, yeah, so helping them to discover and unlock existing existing resources they have already. Yeah, instead of always trying to like find new ones, but I would say more of like, can you rediscover um, like the gold that you already have and how can we bring that to the surface? How can we like tell a better story uh, for what you already have? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, because... Biggest myth. Hmm. Yeah, I think definitely for sure the biggest, one of the biggest myth is that um, yeah, that it's all about like their likes and it's all about just like yeah, I just need to like post three posts a day. I I don't I just feel that some people have an impression that I mean on one end that like yeah, just yeah, just whatever, I'm just going to keep posting and I just want to boost likes and like, oh, likes will come overnight and like, we can just buy likes, we can buy followers like, uh, and you can just like, blast out ads and get a lot. So I think there's that um, misconception and I feel that uh, instead, uh, want to actually <laughs> combat that myth, yeah, instead of going back to the why. Yeah, a lot of people are asking like, how, how, how? But I feel that um, before you even do anything, you need to have a very clear why. Yeah, so that's from my side. Yes. Oh, it was okay. But on the other hand, or public space, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but on the other hand, on the other hand, sorry, another myth is that social media is very difficult and it's very, 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 diff- very hard, and you need like professional, like Photoshop and whatever. And the answer is no, you do not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, sometimes. So we need a bit of like 
educating them, give, uh, giving this chance is good to use this platform to really like, educate mm, yeah. why we do what we do. And because we did it and we know that we shouldn't waste time on certain things, mm. even though like uh, we are going through, but we might not be able to like, that's why just think that yeah, I agree. I think sometimes I would even tell them that you don't need like a full out social media strategy at this point because maybe at that point the business they need more like B2B, like go down, uh, you know, meet people and, and invest more into like sales and account management. You know, it's slightly different. So again, I wouldn't have prescribed a one size fits all, but really assess the situation. But to assess the situation, you must, as I said, they must be willing to have a conversation with you and not just prescribe you like, yes, you must post three times for me and I must have this. Yeah, so I think I don't really like the prescriptive approach and I think it doesn't help anyone. Uh, it should be more open discussion. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um... I would say definitely a big thing is to just um, try. <laughs> but I think, I think le- uh, necessity is the best teacher. So <laughs> for sure, a lot of times if you see a need, that's great because now you have a chance to learn on the job. Yeah, so just get your hands dirty, um, go for it, uh, try, see the response. If it's not good, yeah, you have every day you can post a new post <laughs> a few times a day. I mean, you know, like don't be afraid of just, yeah, just creating. Yeah, I think that is the main thing. So, yeah, because um, yeah, you don't need like a degree to do social media, honestly. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Ah, okay. Uh, yes, for now, I mean, we can go to uh, between.global, btwn.global. So you can just uh, get in touch there. Yeah, so social media is under revamp. So we're too busy helping people build there. So ours is, uh, right? Same for you, right? Yeah, it took a while. Yeah. Bye.